good morning, Northwoods. We are so glad that you are here with us this Sunday. My name is Kayla, and I work here on the Peoria campus with our students. And I'm Jacob. I'm the worship leader at our Canton campus. And if you're new here this weekend, we're so glad that you're here. We want you to text the number on your screen. It'll get you connected with one of our pastors here. And if you've been coming here for a while, you know that we have the, the connection, connection card, card, of course. And if you just get on the Northwoods app, you can get connected with us on the connection card. It has a bunch of resources for you. Yeah, and one of those things in the app actually is all of our fasting resources that go along with our series that's happening right now, House of Prayer. And I don't know about you, but already it's been great, it's been right? Awesome. The, the yeah. pattern that John taught us last week, I have already used it in my quiet time. So I've been really grateful for that. And if you are just joining us, maybe you weren't here last week, Maybe you're new here. Maybe you just were figuring things out last week. It is not too late to start the fast with us and join in on week two. So again, all of those resources are in the Northwoods app. Yeah, and off of that, if you need some prayer, if you just drop into the chat and hit the, the prayer button, someone will be there with you yep. to pray with you. So we just encourage you to do that. Yeah, and maybe you're not needing prayer, but you're here with us. You wanna meet some people, you wanna get connected in the chat, use the chat. We want yeah. to talk with you. We wanna know where you're tuning in from. We wanna know how your week was, what's going on, You know what you're loving about this series or service. So use that chat feature. It's for your benefit to just help you create community and help get connected here at Northwoods. Yeah, so it's time to worship. That's right. So let's, let's transition into worship. Thank you guys for being here this weekend. Good morning, Northwoods. You guys doing all right? Let's stand up to our feet. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to serve a God that makes a way for his children. Can we give him thanks for that this morning? Isn't he good? Coming on the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break, as broken hearts declare his face. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is alive, the Lion of Judah, he's roaring with power. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His love breaks the chain. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. Open up the gates, make way before the King of peace. Our God who comes to save, is here to set the captive free. Who can stop the Lord of Every knee will bow before 
I can't help but shake the feeling that maybe this morning the Lord is just waiting to break off chains and strongholds in this place. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Always oh, sing it all for the battle. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Undefeated. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Sing down 
God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, the faithful promises. In time and time again, you have proven, you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak your word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to me. God, in every season you are. God remains the days, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same, yes. Your history can prove there's nothing you can do, we're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Oh, great is your faithfulness to
in every season, mountain high or valley low, we'll still praise you, we build our rock on you, you're the one that we can trust. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaking, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Cause this is what we know, He's never let me down. Generations, so I would even now he won't. He won't. I still got joy in chaos. I've got a peace, I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be good. thing is for certain not that the rain will come and the wind will blow but one thing that's even more certain is that we serve a rock and a foundation that will never ever fail us because we came when my house was 
service that last night I was picking up groceries for my wife and there was a car that pulled out of Walmart over there and they had a Starbucks cup on top of their car and I watched that cup pull out of the parking lot and that thing was hanging on for dear life as it was leaving and I had the thought you know that's me sometimes I'm like a cup on top of a Jeep going across the parking lot just hanging on for dear life and maybe you're here this morning and you say you know what that's me too I'm just hanging on 
for dear life just trying to make it and again as we sing we're reminded that we're going to make it because we serve a mighty god who will get us through thank you lord so lord we bless your name in this house i thank you that we have we have joy in chaos that we have peace lord i pray lord that you would just release the joy of the lord in this place today i pray your peace over your people today lord and as we're fasting and as we're praying and as we're seeking you lord i know that there are those of us here who are seeking you for breakthrough lord i thank you that you are the god of breakthrough and that breakthrough is coming and that you hear the prayers of your people and i thank you that because of your power and your strength whatever we may be walking through today that we are going to make it through in jesus name lord we bless your name in this house and it's in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen amen church so good to see you hey before you're seated make sure you turn around to somebody say hello and tell them he won't he won't <laughs> well church it's great to see you on this sunday morning good to be together and hey if you're visiting with us this is your first time just want to say hello my name is john I'm the senior pastor here at northwoods so great to have you here with us. We hope you enjoy your experience here at Northwoods. And hey, if you have questions about anything, there's a number coming up on the screen right now. You can just text the word NEW to that number on the screen, and someone here from our staff would love to connect with you, answer any questions you have about Northwoods. It's a big place, and so we want to make sure you know your way around, and we would love to have you get connected here at Northwoods. So thanks so much. For being with us and for those of you that call northwoods home i want to encourage you to take out your phone open up the app fill out the connection card let us know you're here maybe also let us know how we can be praying for you during this time of fasting and praying if there's something you're seeking the lord about we would love to be praying with you you can put that in the connection card and we'll be praying with you on that as well you know talking about fasting and praying we are in a season of fasting and praying and we are in day seven now today is day seven of our 21 day fast Has anyone had dreams about food yet dreams about certain types of food okay i see you i'm there with you i start dreaming about cheeseburgers steaks i have dreams about it all and i always wonder like why do they call it fasting if it seems to move so slow when you're in this time but here we are day seven and I believe the Lord's going to continue to do great things as we fast, as we seek him. And let's remember, fasting is not about just, hey, I'm not going to eat or I'm going to diet. That's not what it's about. It's about stepping away from the table so you can go to something else. It's about stepping away from the table so you can seek the Lord. And so that's why we try to put as many resources out there as possible to give you a focal point during the fast. That's why we have daily devotionals that we release over the app every day throughout this fast, Monday through Saturday. We have daily devotionals that'll be released, help you go deeper in your prayer life. The Bible reading plan, there's worship videos there on the app. You can access all those things there, and it's really to help give you a focal point during the fast. And another focal point during the fast coming up is this Friday, we're gonna have a night of prayer here at Northwoods. We like to do this every year during the fast where we come together as a church and pray and seek the Lord together. And so that's gonna be here on the Peoria campus, six to 9 p.m. this Friday. And it's really, you, if you wanna come, you can stay for all three hours. I'd love to have you be there for all three hours. 
or you just come for whatever time you have. You could come for 15 minutes. It's really just a come and go as you can. But man, we love to come together and seek the Lord because we've seen the Lord do powerful, mighty things as we're fasting and praying together. And so if you have a need, if maybe you're praying for healing, a breakthrough, I want to encourage you to come on out and let us pray for you. We'd love to pray with you, and let's watch what the Lord does this Friday. So that's this Friday here on the Peoria campus from 6 to 9 p.m. Now, I also just want to say, I want to give you a quick update on giving here at Northwoods, and I want to say thank you again, church, for your faithful, faithful giving. You know, there's many ways you can give here at Northwoods. You can give online. You can give in the box at the back of the room. You can text to give. But, you know, this last year, it's no secret, was a transition year for us here at Northwoods. And I kept thinking, you know, what? how is this going to turn out financially? Because in the midst of a transition, I wasn't really worried about it, but just kind of like, let's keep our eye on it and see how, I didn't know what to expect. And so as we've closed the books, got close to, really close to closing the books on January, I'm excited to share with you that as a church, we received 5% above what we had budgeted for the year. And so church, that's a praise God. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you. That's just the hand of God's blessing on this church. Each and every one of you were a part of that. And it's our giving that helps to fuel the growth of what God is doing through this church in our community and all around the world. So thank you, church. Again, if you, if you put our church up against the national average of per family giving, the stats would show that Northwoods is one of the most generous churches in the nation. And that's amazing. So thank you, church. Love you. Thank you for your faithful giving. Now, today we're continuing in our series called House of Prayer, and it really comes out of what Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And so all throughout the series, we're talking about how to pray. And so we're covering different patterns of prayer to really give you some, here, teaches you how to pray, but gives you a track for your mind to run on as you're praying. And I told you as we kicked off this series last week, that all that I'm going to be teaching you comes out of what I was taught from Pastor Larry Stockstill just a few years ago on prayer. And I'm extremely excited because he's here with us today. And I was introduced to Pastor Larry through a book about 10 years ago. My brother and I would meet with my dad up at Jubilee Cafe out in Kickapoo. And we went through a book about 10 years ago titled The Remnant, Restoring the Personal Call to Integrity. And it was written by Pastor Larry Stockstill. That was really the first time I had heard about Pastor Larry, and then you know he's also the founder of Surge. He's written a book on the Surge, and we, we do our global church planting through, the, uh, through Surge. And then Nathan and I actually had the privilege about two or three years ago here to be a part of the first group of pastors that went through Pastors University with Pastor Larry Stockstill. He does 50 lessons from 50 years of ministry, and I was just so impacted by my time down there in Louisiana with Pastor Larry. And one of the things he taught us was on prayer. It's one of the first sessions he taught us. And I use almost everything he shared uh, on a daily, uh, all throughout my, I've been using it throughout my ministry, but his teaching on prayer was very, very helpful to me. And I know it will help you too. And so I'm excited to have Pastor Larry here with us. Will you give Larry a warm welcome? Pastor Larry Stockstill. All right, all right. Good morning, Northwood. I love you so much. 
And I do like the fact that you're giving me a warm welcome. <laughs> I just have to say it's a miracle that I'm here. Uh, Pastor Cal would know this, that in Baton Rouge, you know, we mainly in the 70s last week, and I was playing golf, and back when I got the invitation to come here a number of months ago, Pastor John called me and said, can you come to Peoria on January 15th? I said, brother, I don't feel a witness on that at all. <laughs> and, but I prayed about it. Because, see, I imagine that you guys have stalactites hanging from the ceiling in here. It's so cold. And, indeed, it was. I've been keeping track of your weather, about 35 windshield below. And I said, now, Lord, I stepped out in faith <laughs> to go to that service. And, truly, he has blessed us. And I want to just give him all the praise for it. I love you and just had a great time yesterday with Pastor Cal and John and Nathan and just catching up on the church, what the Holy Spirit is doing among you here. And um, I'm very excited about the fact that you're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, my son has shortened it to seven days. I said, why'd you do that? He says, because I can get it done faster than those guys that are doing 21 days. <laughs> so he's off. He's way off. Daniel had 21 days of fasting, and on the last day, the angel of the Lord appeared and gave him clarity about the future. I would like to say to you that in that 21-day period, it may not feel like anything is happening. I've done it many, many times. But at the end of that time, you're going to have a clarity about your calling, about this year that you've never had before. And I do remember going to Korea with Dr. Cho, seeing for the first time Prayer Mountain, where 30,000 people fast and pray. There's no food on the mountain. There's a little broth if somebody gets desperate, but... Basically, it's just people up in little grottos praying and fasting, many for 40 days. That's how the demilitarized zone is where it is. That's why North Korea has never invaded them, because there are many prayer mountains all along that DMZ. But I remember going there. Dr. Cho is the largest church in the world, 750,000 active members. Now it's grown to over a million members. Dr. Cho is in heaven, and his successor, Dr. Lee, has grown that church to over a million active members. No church in history has ever been that large. And it happened through prayer and fasting. And I caught the bug when I was over there fasting. I came back and I tried my first fast. And I still remember that by supper, I sort of felt like I was about to die. And then I made it to the second day. I made it to the third day. And I've gone longer than that. I figured out I can almost live off the land for quite some time down here. And I went with Melanie on that third day to a Walmart there in Baker. And as we were walking through the Walmart, I was feeling so sorry for myself. I don't know, on the third day, I mean, I just felt like a refugee from a concentration camp or something. And I was losing weight. Um, Melanie told me nine cats couldn't corner a rat in the seat of my britches when it was over. But... In Walmart, I heard a voice over the loudspeaker say, uh, shoppers, we have uh, hot biscuits in the garden department. And you know, when you're just not paying attention to the loudspeaker, but when she said hot biscuits, 
I saw a pan of hot biscuits in front of my mind with butter on them and some jelly just sitting there waiting to be put on one. And I told Melanie, I said, look, I fasted. This is my third day, but I think I'm done. And I headed to the garden department to get a big biscuit. The lady was sitting behind the desk there surrounded by plants. And I said, ma'am, where are the hot biscuits? She said, what do you mean? I said, well, was that you that just announced over the loudspeaker that there were hot biscuits back here in the garden department? She said, no. She said, I announced that we have hibiscus in the garden department. <laughs> Let he that have an ear hear what he wants to hear, right? So if you are fasting, now I know some of you are fasting and you're pureeing steaks and all of that. I, I, I get all that. Do whatever you need to do, but you should not gain weight during a fast. I'm just giving you a little clue. But Dr. Cho taught me a prayer that I consider to be his greatest deposit in my life Besides being around him maybe 15 times, 20 times in my life. Dr. Cho taught me tabernacle prayer. Now, yeah, last week we taught you the Lord's Prayer. That's a pattern I learned from Larry Lee in 1983. He used the Lord's Prayer as a template. Well, Dr. Cho said that he had used the tabernacle, and he prayed it three times a day for an hour each time. Now, he was a Jedi warrior, I just have to tell you, in prayer, because... I have never been able to do that three times a day. I'm doing really well if I get in a prayer time every day. And I don't hit it every day. I'm letting you know that. I try, but I don't hit it every day. But tabernacle prayer has become a staple way for me to pray for the last 30 years since 1992 when I met Dr. Cho. And I'm going to try to describe it to you in layman's terms and in very simple language if you don't know anything about the tabernacle, that phrase comes from the Old Testament where Israel came out of Egypt. And when they came out, they had gold, silver, skins that God had blessed them with. And after they got to Mount Sinai, Moses came down the mountain with Ten Commandments. And he also had a pattern, a pattern of a building that God told him is the pattern of heaven. God told him that this building is exactly like what you will see in heaven. And in fact, in Revelation, you read a number of the articles of furniture that are in the tabernacle that are present in heaven. The lampstand, the Ark of the Covenant, a number of those things are present in heaven. So what we're looking at in the tabernacle is a visible image that we can't see the one in heaven yet, but we can see the one on earth, and it teaches us something. God doesn't do anything by patterns unless it's a teaching pattern. And what Dr. Cho taught me is that there's seven pieces of furniture in that little tabernacle. Now, of course, it starts with an outer gate, a fence made out of linen. You could see over into it if you were tall, and you would see that it had like a yard. When you entered that gate, there was an altar and a laver and then a little building. You couldn't see inside the building. Only the priest could go inside that little building 
Every day they went in there to offer incense, light the lamps, and uh, put new showbread once a week. But if you got into the little building, you'd see that there was a curtain about halfway through it. And you didn't go to the back half of the little building unless you were the high priest. Now, all of this is in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 9 tells each of the pieces of furniture. And I've discovered that Hebrews is a teaching of the tabernacle and all that we can do to come right into the presence of God. Now, thank God there's no veil in heaven. Can you say amen? But that veil kept you from going in because inside that veil was the Ark of the Covenant. And if you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know that you've got no business looking at the Ark unless you're allowed to. So that building is a type, and I'd, I'd just like to teach you out of that. Because what I do every day, Dr. Cho taught me, is you take those seven locations or seven pieces of furniture and you walk through that as a protocol to meeting a king. You know, I was privileged to meet the governor of Louisiana for six years. It's a long story, but on a fast, passing his mansion, I saw the wind, a wind blow the front door open of the mansion. And I told Melanie, I think the Lord is going to open the door to the mansion for a Bible study. I'd never been in it. A week later, his office called. And his secretary said he'd been on his treadmill and watched a show that I do every morning, two-minute show. And something said to him, ask that man to come teach you the whole Bible in four lessons. (laughs) And I didn't know that that was humanly possible. But I taught the creation the chosen people, the Christ, and the church, four lessons. Well, what happened is that when I got there, there was a gate. I had to give my name. didn't open immediately. But then after a number of seconds, the big gate swung wide. It was a huge antebellum home there in Baton Rouge and his office. And I had been past that for many times all my life. I lived in Baton Rouge, never been inside to meet the governor or see the inside of the mansion. But on my way from the car, I noticed a number of signs about how to prepare yourself and what not to have, what to have to go into the building. It's the same with the White House, if you've ever been to the White House. In the yard, there's signs. And I got up to the front door. It was weird, so weird. I knocked on the door. They answered the door and escorted me into the living room to the left, and there was the governor and his 15 staff. I noticed there was a big dining room on the right, so I had come into some sort of a common area. But what I didn't know is there was a big set of stairs, and behind those stairs was the other half, kind of like the veil in the tabernacle. And in there was his private dining room, his private offices, private kitchen, all of that. Well, later, after the four weeks, he asked me to continue, and I went six years. So we ended up back in the back eating chocolate chip cookies every week. He would bring me in his office at times and ask me to read a piece of legislation and say, would you sign this if you were governor? And I'd read it, and then I'd say yes or no. And he would sign it or not. It was amazing. God just supernaturally gave us such favor to be with him. But what I'm wanting you to see is those three areas, the yard, the foyer, and the intimate area. Now, that's what prayer is. 
The intimate area is the Holy of Holies where the ark is. And by the way, I'm teaching you this more as a sustainability pattern, something you can do every day. If you're about to get in a car wreck, you don't have to think of how to go through the gate and the altar and all that. Just say Jesus and you'll go right in. You'll be just fine. So in the, in the seven parts of this pattern, I'm just going to talk them through with you. If you want to write them down, you can. You can go back and watch this tape. Because I would love 10 years from now for many of you to be praying through that protocol of going before the king. Let's start with the gate. The gate, of course, opened in the governor's mansion because I had the right identity. In Christ, we have an identity. We come right into a gate, and I never think about it. I got my Costco card not too long ago. So proud of it. And I walked in for the first time, Pastor John, and I held it, and I held it where the lady could really see my picture, my name, my everything. And do you know, she waved me through and never looked at my car. Because... I guess she figured if I had enough audacity to go in without a card, I wouldn't be able to check out without a card. But I'm showing you that an identity is how you enter anything. Your identity is Jesus. And the gate is praise. If you read the Psalms, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Enter his gates. That's Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with, say it out loud if you know it, praise. Well, that's all you need to know about the gate of praise. When the priest entered into that area, they were always singing. They were always praising. They would sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, when you first start to pray, that's the least you feel about doing is to praise God. You know, you kind of drag in there and get on your knees and drape over a chair, and you're kind of thinking, Lord, what am I going to pray about today? I want you to change all that. This morning in my, in my hotel, I prayed the tabernacle prayer. Woke up real early. All the lights are off. I'm laying up in the bed, propped up. And I lifted my hands and I began to praise the Lord. I said, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Lord, I praise you. Out of my mouth, I praise you. And I praised him with Psalm, 120, with Psalm 23, and Psalm 100, and Psalm 118. And I, you say, well, did you feel like praising him at 5 o'clock in the morning? Absolutely not. Somebody asked Smith Wigglesworth, how, how do you feel when you start praying? He said, I never asked Mr. Wigglesworth how he feels. We start with praise. Thank you, Lord. How many of you say God's been good to you in your life? Come on, wave at me if he's been good to you. Well, see, we got a lot to be thankful for. And you enter his gates with thanksgiving for your car, for your house, for your kids, for everything. And that opens the gate. Now you move to the second piece, an altar that is sacrifice. It looked like a big six-by-six six barbecue pit. It had coals in the bottom or in the middle of it, a rack of coals, and the, and the bull or the goat or the sheep or whatever was being sacrificed laid on a grate above it, sort of like our barbecue grills. And that meat was for certain offerings, sin offering, guilt offering, 
but it was offered by the priest at certain intervals of the week and of the month. Here's the point. God wants you to start with praise. Don't drag into his presence and say, Lord, I'm looking kind of rough, I know. Don't do that. Start looking at him and start praising him. And then he wants you, secondly, to look at the cross. He wants you to see the blood sacrifice where Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin. You know, this morning I was thinking about where he shed his blood in Gethsemane. He sweat drops of blood. When Pilate sentenced him to be scourged, they say they hung him by his hands, took all of his clothing off, and tied his feet to two stakes. And two Roman lictors with a whip tipped with metal and bone whipped him until he almost had no skin left. Many prisoners died under the scourge. But that was for our healing. The Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. And this morning I praised him that those stripes were for my healing. And if you're here today, he wants to heal you as well. He took a lot of pain for you to be healed. And then they put a crown on him and they beat that crown into his head. 600 soldiers each took a turn and walloped him on the head with a stick. And that was for our peace, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. If you're struggling with neurosis and depression and discouragement, Jesus has already shed his blood that you might have peace and have freedom. And then he took his cross and carried it as far as he could. And in my room this morning, I was reminding him that he laid down on that cross and let them nail those huge nails, those spikes into his hands and his feet. They raised him up and dropped him over in that hole. I, was, I saw a video of an athlete who got on a cross just for fun. They tied him with ropes instead of nails. He wanted to see how long he could stay up there. Christ was there six hours. In 15 minutes, he was begging them on the video to get him down because his shoulders were dislocating. Any person that hung on a cross, their shoulders dislocated, and they had to raise their chest to breathe. I'm telling you, when that blood was shed for you and me, the way was opened into the holiest of holies. Read the book of Hebrews that by faith, he opened the veil. By faith, that blood. And you got to get every morning a revelation of the blood of Jesus Christ that has made the way for you. If you're in sin today, you've got sin in your heart. That's an easy problem. It's already been solved. But you have to receive it, and you can't go any further with God until you come to the cross. And then we come to the third thing. This is still in the yard, the outer court. It was like a birdbath. It was probably four feet high and, and three feet round, full of water. It was not only full of water, but it had mirrors lining the inside of that little birdbath. And it's called the laver, the laver. A lady died and went to heaven in the book Intramuros. And she saw the laver in front of the throne and water was coming out of it and that formed the river of life. The laver was a place where the priest would wash his body of any soiling, contamination, corruption, dirt. And he could see it in the mirrors. You can't tell what you look like without a mirror. 
if we just think about ourselves, we don't think we're that very bad. But when you look into the mirror of God's Word and the Holy Spirit, He will test. And every day I ask Him to cover my body in the, in the water of the Word of God, my hands, my feet, my tongue. Every, this morning, I asked the Lord to, to sanctify my tongue. You see, the cross, the altar is for justification, but that labor is for sanctification. The little things that still need to change. We get saved and we're forgiven and we're saved. We're ready for heaven, but we still have character issues. You say, well, I don't have any issues. Well, that's your issue right there. Because we all, all God's children have issues. And we all have little anger problems and little impatience problems. And I, I mean, just about the time I'm feeling really shaved and sanctified, I'll get in a line and a dear brother will be looking at his phone when it turns green. And he'll sit there about 10 seconds through the entire light. And I'm just telling you, I'm saved. But the old man tries to crawl off the altar inside of me. Something rises up, and I want to lay on my horn and let that brother know that he needs to get off the phone. Come on, anybody else feel those tinges? I'm just wondering if y'all are too holy for me or something. I don't know what your issue is, but you deal with it at the labor. You were rough with your wife, your child. You told a little exaggeration or a lie. And right at that labor, before you go in the building, the Spirit will say to you, hey, hold up, something ain't right. And He'll show you that at the labor. Not that you're not saved. We got that at the cross. This is sanctification. All right, so can we open the veil, the little outside door? And that's like me at the governor's mansion door. They came to the door. They let me in. It was a large common area for fellowship, a living room and a dining room. I have a funny story about my family going to a state luncheon with the governor, and I just don't have time to tell it, but it's hilarious. My six-year-old asked the governor, look, Daddy. The governor's eating with his fingers, fried chicken, and, and I had told him, don't open his mouth, not one word, and he did anyway. But it's a common area. And let's talk about the three pieces of furniture there. So you got the gate, everybody got that one. You got the altar, represents the cross. You got that bird bath that represents cleansing of daily things. But when you walk in the first part of that little building, which nobody ever saw but the priest, because the priest went in there daily, every morning and evening, and there was this, a lampstand. I'm going to have them put that Jewish menorah. You've seen it in the windows of Jewish homes, and you've wondered, what is that? That came from the tabernacle. Solid gold, all made of one piece of gold. There were ten of them in the temple, but one in the tabernacle. And they had oil. It had to be refreshed from the top and poured down in those cylinders, and the lamp was lit throughout the day. The lamps never went out. Now, that only can represent, look up here at me just a minute now, can only represent the Holy Spirit. I know that because in Revelation, it describes the lampstand is in heaven. 
That lampstand that was on earth, remember it's a pattern, is in heaven. John was up there and he saw this lampstand. He said, what's that? The Lord said, that's the sevenfold Holy Spirit of the seven parts of his personality. Now you see that every day the Father wants you to meet up with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to invite him to lead your life. Now people think he's like a ghost, the Holy Ghost, the glorified Casper or something. They don't know. Holy Spirit sounds very strange and ethereal. But really, he's the third person of the Trinity. He's come to live in us at salvation. And we're filled with him. And I wondered, now, Lord, what do the seven lamps mean? And he showed me, or Dr. Cho and others, Isaiah 11 and verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's what those seven lamps stand for. Well, I just say them every day. Holy Spirit of the Lord, come upon me. Give me your freedom today. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom Give me your wisdom today. What a great prayer to pray. Asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom on your job. Or understanding of stuff that you don't know how to do. Or counsel about problems with your children. Or your business. The spirit of counsel. I've got businessmen have been praying the seven lamps for years. And have invented amazing things. And solved major problems. And because they lean on the Holy Spirit. The spirit of might. If I feel weak. And don't know if I can pull something off. I pray for the spirit of might. The spirit of knowledge. So I would understand the Bible. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So every day, this morning, I prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill me with his fruit, his gifts, and his personality. In the same little room, across the way, just on the other side, even with it, was a table with 12 loaves of hot bread. Every Sunday it was hot. Called showbread. Now that's not significant, actually. But the fact is that it was bread. What does bread mean to us? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, word, word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Each time I pray, God wants me to remember his word and speak a promise to him that I am personally claiming in my life. And I have a bunch of them now I've memorized. There are thousands of them. I think 7,000 promises. But I come to the Lord and I begin to thank him that I'm saved, that I'm healed, that I'm delivered that I am filled with the Spirit, and that I am blessed. I remind him that he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. I fellowship with him around his word because everything God promised is going to come to pass. We just sang about it. He won't fail. So you go to that table and you say, Lord, I thank you for your word. Now, I do recommend the one-year Bible. 1989, I got my first copy George Bush declared it the year of the Bible. 
I had all of our members get a one-year Bible, five or 6,000 of them. And each Sunday, I did the Old Testament on Sunday and the New Testament on Wednesday night. I taught them through the whole Bible in one year. It was the greatest year of our church's history. I have been reading through a one-year devotional Bible for 32 years now. Just finished the book of Revelation and Malachi. And I don't know what you do. A lot of us just kind of open our Bible and put our finger down. That's our reading for the day. You know, you heard about the guy that did that. He needed a word from the Lord, and he pointed to a scripture, opened his eyes, and says, Judas went out and hanged himself. He didn't get blessed by that one. And then he did it again and pointed to another scripture, and it said, Go thou and do likewise. He really didn't like that one, but he just tried one more time and pointed to a scripture and said, What thou doest, do quickly. That ain't the way to read the Bible. And I just challenge all of us to get a devotion upon 15 minutes a day. You can read the one-year Bible and be done in an entire year. And then here's the last piece of furniture in that little area was the altar of incense. Now, we know that incense, it was a small little altar, not big like the one outside. And there was no blood on this one. It was just a bed of coals, and the priest would drop some incense, and a cloud would fill that entire little building, a sweet-smelling savor. Now, what does that represent? Worship. Worship. You are drawing close to the glory of God. In the next step, you will be in the presence of God And you already start feeling what happens around the throne is not the mercy seat, not the other things outside, and not the lampstand, and not the table of showbread. What happens right around the throne is people casting their crowns, and people laying on their faces, and millions of angels saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Can I tell you, heaven is going to be something that a lot of people, religious people, would be very uncomfortable with right now. They're thinking that heaven is going to have a department over there for the people that don't want to enter in too much and and have their hands in their pockets here on earth. It ain't going to happen in heaven. You're going to run so fast to that throne, and you're going to be on your face so fast, it's going to make your head swim. And it's God. It's God's power. And his face is going to be seen. We're going to see his face. And this morning, I worshiped his glory. He's invisible. He's amazing. He's majestic. Do you know that he made one septillion stars? That's how many there are. That's one with 24 zeros. You say, how much is that? I don't know, Jethro Bodine. That's a lot of stars. He made them all in one day and named them as they came out of his mouth. We're serving a mighty God. And we get on our knees this morning. I just, I not only got on my knees, I got down on my face on that uh, carpet there at, at the at little hotel where I'm staying and said, oh my God, how great thou art. By the way, there's a song I sing at most of these. Like when I survey the wondrous cross. But when I come to this altar of incense, I sing how great thou art. Oh God, you are wonderful. You are glorious. But let me just move right on into the holy of holies. Here's our last point. The Ark of the Covenant. By the way, there's no veil now. 
Jesus abolished that veil in his own flesh. And he has invited us to come directly to the throne of God. You say, well, what am I going to say when I get in front of God? What would you say to a governor if you had a chance to sit in his office like I have? And he said, what can I do for you? What do you need? He never asked me that. I never asked him for anything, never received anything from him in six years. But if he would have, I would have probably spoken up for someone that I knew really needed a miracle or needed something a governor could provide. Maybe a prisoner who'd been saved and and needed pardon or something like that. You see, God looks to you to tell him what's on your heart. It says, let your requests be made known to God. Well, I I thought he knew everything. He does. But you've got to make it known to him in the holy of holies. You pray for your children, name by name. This morning, I prayed for each one of them. For Melanie, my wife, 46 years we've been married. I prayed for our church. I prayed for our city, our state, our governor. I prayed for our president. You say, well, I didn't vote for the president. It don't make any difference. He's the president. And you pray for them whether they're a Democrat, a Republican, or a Republican. Whatever they are doesn't matter. They're in the office And so you call out their name to the Lord, and then I pray for missions. And I just want to close by saying, this church has done more for missions in serves than any other church in the United States. Almost a thousand churches have been planted by this church since we partnered together many years ago. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's an amazing thing. We've been planting a church a year, a church a day, about 450 last year, I believe. And now the Lord has shown us how to multiply instead of add. And we're moving up to a church an hour in this year using 70 regional sending leaders. And it's just an amazing plan the Lord has given. But we got to get moving because this world is perishing. COVID has shown us that it's time to get moving. I pray about that in the Holy of Holies. But let's back up to the first part inside the gate. You remember that altar of sacrifice? Maybe you're in this service up there in the bleachers or you're here on the main floor. And in your heart of hearts, you got up this morning through the cold weather and you came to church, not because you know the songs or know anybody, You're hungry to receive forgiveness down in your heart. You're just seconds away from it. Everything in your past can be removed in just a moment. Jesus' blood has already been placed there, but you can't go past that altar. You'll never get close to God. Never. Unless you allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse your heart. I wonder if you'd close your eyes with me. Just bow your heads. And you're sitting here. And you're saying, Pastor, you're a man, woman, young person. Do I ever need forgiveness? And I am ready. I don't want to die in the middle of the night and not know that I'm right with God. I'm sitting in this service right now. It's the first of the year. I can change the rest of my life in this next moment. Now, as I look around, and if that's you, all the way to that very back row up there, that top person sitting on the back row or anywhere, and you would say, Pastor, would you include me? 
One man's already raised his hand. Would you include me in that prayer? If that's you, I want you sitting in your seat without hesitation, slip up your hand and hold it up toward God in heaven. Wow. There, 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 there. All over in this section, maybe 15 people in that section. Five or seven there, up in the bleacher area. Yes, God is dealing with people. Now put that hand over your heart. Would you do that? In fact, to do everybody good. To put your hand over your heart starting this fasting season. And we're going to ask the Lord to cleanse us. Pray this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I need forgiveness. I know that Jesus has paid the price completely and fully that I might be forgiven once and for all. Lord Jesus, cleanse me by faith. Sprinkle your blood on my conscience and change it from evil to clean. Clean. Now you can just lift your hands, holy hands now. Everybody can do that. That's a priest. The priest raised his hands. And that's you now. And come before God. Father, bless this church. Father, bless this fasting and prayer time. Men that are struggling with their health issues and businesses and ladies with their children and finances and whatever it may be, Lord, let there be a breakthrough at the 21st day of this prayer and fasting time like Daniel had. May this church have the greatest year it's ever experienced in 2023 because we paused at the first of this year and gave you priority. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now let's put those hands together and praise God for it. I love you guys. Thanks, Pastor Larry. Come on, church. Stand up on your feet. Let Pastor Larry know you're thankful for him. Thank you, Pastor Larry. What a blessing it is to have Pastor Larry. And Lord, we thank you for what you've done today. Northwoods, thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, if you need prayer for anything... We'll have our prayer team here down front. and want to remind you, we got our night of prayer coming up this Friday. So I'd love to see you out there. And for those of you joining us online with a prayer team there as well, we'd love to pray with you if you have any need. Guys, thanks so much for being here. I hope to see you back next Sunday. It was so awesome having Pastor Larry here this weekend to talk about the tabernacle prayer. Mm -hmm. And he gave us some really awesome concepts and some points this weekend. I just want to encourage you just to start implementing maybe one or two of those or all of them into your prayer life as we go forward this week. That's right. And as I talked about at the beginning of service, we are in our, you know, New Year fast. We do every year in January for 21 days. And this is the start of week two. And so if you're ready to jump in with us, if you want to join us, or if you just want to go back and look at some of the resources, you can do that in the Northwoods app or you can go online. Yeah. And after the fast, we have baptisms coming up on February 5th. So If any of you during the production have just stepped across that line of faith and are ready to get baptized, we just want to encourage you to be here at that time with your friends and family just to be baptized 
with the church and with, with your friends and family. Yeah, it's just a great next step and a great way to just declare that you've made that decision to put your faith in Jesus. It shows everyone around you that like, this is a decision that I've made and I want people to know, right? Yeah. So good. So last thing, one more thing about the fast is that we have our night of prayer coming up on January 20th. That's a Friday night at 6 p.m. in our student center. It'll also be available online. And we would just love to see you here for that. I mean, it's just another great opportunity to dig deep at the beginning of the year, dig into the fast with just some very specialized time in prayer. And, you know, Pastor John and others on our team are just going to be leading through um, some just different areas that you can pray through um, with the fast. So that's going to be great. Again, we are so glad that you joined us here this morning, and we hope we see you back next week.